Living la vida loca, talking about a low carb diet. Uh-huh. Getting your body healthy, and ain't no doubt about it. Yeah, it's really about ketosis, a ketogenic life. Yeah, a real time indicator for ketosis called ketonics. It messes your breath for ketones. Are you burning fat? Uh-huh. It's the first of its kind. All my ketonians, where you at? Hey, I'm just here to let you know. Wanna look and feel incredible. We living la vida low carb. Get your body healthy and live long. Hey. Keep my fats high, and my carbs low. Need my glucose down right now, pronto. Check my ketones, look at the stats, yo. With ketonics, now I'm in the burning fat zone. Ketonics, we burning fat, yeah, we on it, yeah, yeah. With ketonics, I'm burning fat, and I'm on it, yeah, yeah. Living la vida low carb, I do this every day. If you want to burn that fat, it ain't no other way, yeah. Go to ketonics.co. And for my international followers, it's ketonics.com. Woo! Uh, living la vida low carb. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet. Trying to get you feeling bright. Cut up them avocados. Fry some eggs. Time to explore. The longest running health podcast. Hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey, the Living Low Carb Show.com. Woo! Hey, hey guys, we're back here on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. And today we are here with a very special podcast because we are at the event known as Keto Fest, put on by this guy named Carl Franklin. How's it going? How's it going? Wow, that was good timing, Carl. So um, <laughs> he just walked in the door and I threw him on the, on the audio. So, so what we're gonna do here today, because we're at this event, Keto Fest in New London, Connecticut, ketofest.com is the website. If you wanna come next year, you should. Uh, I want to highlight some people that are in the audience that are fans. How, how many are fans of the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show? Awesome. You made it sound like uh, there's more than the like two people that are in here. So thank you for that. Um, I'm just kidding. There's a good crowd in here. So we're going to highlight different people's stories because at the end of the day, real people is who we're trying to change here with the message of keto. And so I wanted to highlight a few of those guys. So are y'all ready? How about we start with you, sir? Come on up and uh, we'll talk to you. So first, tell us your name and where you're from. Uh, my name is Greg Lamunion. I'm from New Hope, Pennsylvania. All right, Greg. So tell us how you found keto. Well, um, I was diagnosed a type 2 diabetic in 1996. Uh, mother nagged me because my father died from diabetes complications, nagged me to go to a doctor, and I didn't. And finally I did. doctor says, why are you here? My mother wants me to get a check for diabetes. You don't have diabetes. He calls me frantically later after doing a blood test. I had 500 uh, fasting blood sugar. Woo, that's not good, by the way. Yeah, and so anyway, that started my journey, and then my one thing led to another, your podcast, not the least of which, and uh, here I am today. That's beautiful, and so uh, do you have a family history of type 2 diabetes? Well, I said my father died from it, so that, ah. that's a direct connection. And so I got to see what happens when you don't manage it. So what did your mainstream doctor tell you about managing diabetes? So I got the usual um, uh, ADA 
conventional wisdom, you know, eating a high carb diet, uh, exercising, cutting and your fat. cutting your fat, yeah. the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, I, I lost some weight and managed it with medication, you know, but not to the extent that we do here. You know, you know they, they're, they're good if my A1C is seven. So, right. you know, and I'm now here, and within four months I will be non-diabetic. My A1C will drop below five. Wow, congratulations. So, <laughs> mainstream medicine likes to put the focus on a medication that will fix X disease. And the other thing that kind of frustrates me, and I know a lot of people in the audience will relate to this, is when you're in the normal range, anybody get normal range on your blood results, but you're like, no, 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 something's not normal. So what do you think it is about that paradigm that makes it so difficult for patients and doctors to kind of communicate with one another? Well, I have to say, reading the history that Gary Tobbs has produced in various publications, you see that we actually figured this out 100 years ago. Yeah. And we lost our way primarily I think because of profit motive, that is, uh, the food industry needs to sell food. He's not jaded at all. And, you know, uh, eating uh, six or eight meals a day is better than eating one meal a day from their vantage point. I think right. it's kind of like that. And, and it just became this inertia thing, and uh, that's where we stand today. Now, the thing is, is that... Uh, Type 2 diabetes and obesity is going to bankrupt America from a medical standpoint. And so I think the, the wave is about to, to turn. Yeah, and, and keto has come in a good time because the statistics have shown us that by the year 2030, over half the population will have type 2 diabetes, which is shocking when you stop and think about it. And I'm wondering, with the rise in keto that's happened over the past couple of years, are we going to mitigate that and maybe possibly turn it around? Do you see optimism there? Yes. Uh, so me as an individual, I now broadcast to every single person that I come in touch with everything that I'm doing, and I put myself on a line. I say, I will be non-diabetic in X amount of months, and if you think I'm full of it, come on and check back and find out. <laughs> and I have some people I work with who are obese and who are diabetics, and they're not managing themselves well. And so I've been pointing, I've been giving them books and pointing them to places, and uh, um, we'll see how it goes. Well, you're definitely doing your part. So since you've, uh and I'm going to say it, cured your type 2 diabetes and put yourself in a good position, are you having other people come up to you saying, whoa, you're not taking that medication anymore? What? What? Um, or do they know? No. Are you a silent type? That No, uh, <laughs> I'm, no I'm not silent at all. So I, I do. He's up here on a podcast live in front of everybody, so he's not shy. No, I'm, I'm not shy. Uh, I, I do a high-intensity workout training, and 8 out of 10 people are overweight or obese, and they think I'm crazy. Like, they're, even in that arena, they're, they're just, you know, calories in, calories out, and the whole, the whole canards and magical protein shakes and things like that. So, but I've decided I'm just gonna keep putting it out. And if you think I'm weird and so on and so forth, okay, but I'm doing what you say you're doing, right? I'm actually doing it, and come back and see, and, you know, you can see my blood work, whatever you wanna see. So the point is, is that, I don't know. I think that we all have to push out. We have to, we have to challenge our own comfort zones because 
what's interesting about being at Keto Fest is I haven't seen one set of eye rolls since I've been here. <laughs> so, uh, which, is, which is a nice respite, but I know I'm going to go back to... Okay, explain that a little bit for people that might not know what you're talking about. So, whenever I tell people how I eat ah. uh, or how I fast, um, they say, you know, oh, give me a break. That's, that's not going to work. I can't do that. Uh, you know, you're crazy. You're going you're, you're gonna to pass out. Um, you know, meanwhile, I'm cranking out. I'm 61 years old, and I say, look, if you think I'm, I'm crazy, come over here and do some, some clapping push-ups with me, right? And so, you know, it's just, it's the evidence. It's, uh, it's uh, I'm an N of one, but uh, uh, an N of one is better than none. Hey, it's still evident. I, I often tell people, because people poo-poo N equals ones, and it's evidence whether people want to admit it or not. So what was the hardest part of your keto journey? A lot of people, they kind of run into stumbling blocks along the way and find things difficult. What was the most difficult thing for you? The most difficult thing is the social aspect. That is, uh, well, I, I do keto and I, fa I fast. And putting those two together, um, I, have a, I have this most wonderful wife who has embraced this. And she does a lot of, a lot of cooking and she's oftentimes out in front of me. It's like, you, you've had, you're, you're gonna have too much protein today. Uh, and um, so having, having that, so, so the social part of going out with people, yeah. of having people over, like managing that, that still is an issue, but it's not as big of an issue because I, everybody knows what I'm up to. So uh, I, think, I think I answered that. You did. And if you could give encouragement to people who are here today live and who are listening on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show, what would it be about starting keto or continuing on with keto when they're discouraged? I would say definitely listen to this podcast and follow all the, all the strings that are there. There's tons of information. There's, there, and, and keep going back and especially going back to people who struggle. Like, so I've listened to... Um, I forget you. I don't even know all the podcasts I listen to. But. I don't know all of them, and I do half of them. So oh, Anyway, to listen to these stories of people who have almost had their legs amputated, yeah. who are right at the end, gonna, they're going to lose their kidney. I mean, that's really inspiring to me. And so, in fact, I'm getting choked up. Um, so when, you're, when you fail, which you will, uh, and get back on the horse again, by going back and being inspired by what other people have already done. They're trailblazers that precede us, like you. Thank you. So remind people your name and how they can find you. Oh, gee, do I have any? Um, uh, do you have any social media presence at all? Yes, well, I'm on Facebook, uh, Greg Lemonian, and... Uh, um, right, you're gonna have to spell that, bro. Yes, that's L-E-M-U-N-Y-A-N, and yeah, I'm on. Uh, you'll find me. Just just Google that. That's a, it's a, a wonderful telemarketing name. When people call, they say, "Is Mr. Lamum there?" Say nobody by that name lives here. Anyway. Never heard of him. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for being on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show, and thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. All right. So this is what we're doing here. We're live here at Keto Fest. We've had a bunch more people come in uh, while Greg was talking. Thank you for that, by the way. And so we have a few more people lined up. Why don't you come on up, young lady, and tell us your name and where you're from. Hi, my name is Emily, and I'm from Montreal, Canada. Emily from Montreal, and you actually drove to Keto Fest from Montreal, right? Yes, six and almost a half hours, yeah. Oh, God bless you. So, <laughs> so what brought you here to this conference? 
the two keto dudes. I love their podcast. I love your podcast. And every I wanted to meet uh, people who do the same thing as I do and get encouragement because in Montreal I don't know anyone. I'm I'm in a, a community, small community where everybody eats a uh, high carb and uh, low fat. So I'm the uh, I'm the oddball. <laughs> So we know in America, keto's kind of caught a little bit of fire. What's it like in Canada? What's going on in Canada with the keto front other than Jason Fong doing his thing and a few you know, sporadic people? Is there some kind of a movement happening there too? It's hard because I'm in Montreal. Uh, Dr. Jason Fung's in Toronto. So I think there's a movement in Toronto, but it hasn't reached Montreal, Quebec yet. So we're kind of like way behind and trying to find the right foods, trying to find uh, just grass-fed beef is like going and uh, in a maze and trying to find something. So I don't, I've seen, I have two people that I know that do keto. So we try and keep in contact. But other than that, like, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm lonely. So that's why my mom joined me and she decided, she's like, let's go to Keto Fest. Let's meet new people. Let's see how they feel and what's their journey like and get some experience. Because I'm new. Like, this is it's almost six months. So it's very new. So let's back up. Tell us your keto story, how you found it, when you found it. And I have a few more questions for you. Okay. I, I was diagnosed when I was 14 with uh, stage four endometriitis. And since then, I've had approximately eight operations. I've always had trouble with my weight. She's like going away from the microphone. I'm like stretching, <laughs> trying to reach her. So stay close. Stay okay, close. okay. I've always had trouble with my weight. I've, I, you know, with the normal standard diet, I've gained, I've lost, and then I just kept going. And then I was diagnosed with sleep apnea, which was like really traumatizing for me. And it was completely a fluke because I had started working out and doing the normal standard diet and I had lost the first 30 pounds. I hit a plateau. It was horrible. I was crying. And my mom said, I found this book. And I said, what type of book? And she said, it's called The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung. And I was like, no. And, and I said, no, I'm not reading that. And I'm like, they talk about fasting and that's stupid. And then I left it at that. And then two weeks later, I came back and I said, can I read the book? <laughs> and I read it in two days. And it literally blew my mind. And I cried the whole time because I said, that's me, that's me, that's me. And the next day, I looked up low carb. I looked up and I found keto. And I started fasting as soon as I could. And it just kept going on from there. Did you fast before you keto? Yes. Whoa. <laughs> that, yeah. That's a big deal because most people have to get keto adapted so that fasting doesn't yeah. hurt. Uh, but you were okay with being feeling uh, hurt? I was over-motivated. I didn't want to gain the 30 pounds back. Yeah. I wanted to push through and I said, I'm going to get the keto flu. I don't care. I'm going to work through it. And I did. I started doing a 16-8 right away and I found that I could do that and I started doing a first day. And then I did alternate day fasting like as soon as I could. And then I started adapting keto. Okay, you got my brain going a million miles an hour now. So what did you eat like in the week leading up to kind of give us some idea of the food you ate and then you went cold turkey intermittent fasting? Yeah, I did cold turkey intermittent fasting, but I had already like when I was cuz I saw a dietitian before I, I found keto and she I'm sorry. Was, yeah, yeah, yes, I know. And uh, she was telling me I needed to have uh, five uh, five car like five 
quantities of carbs. So right. I had a lot of rice and a lot grains. of uh, grains and Fruit. bread. And she was telling me I had to eat before I trained. And I said to her, I said, I don't understand because when I eat before I train, after that, like I get home and I'm so tired. I have to literally sleep, you know, and I'm in school full time and I need that time to study. And it's really important. So, and she was like, well, it, it'll pass. It'll pass. But it didn't pass. But when I started keto, I had probably just had, yeah, no grains and my whole quantities and stuff like that and I was just like no no I'm doing it and yeah I had the keto flu yeah it was horrible <laughs> that is so fascinating to me yeah I'm sure it was horrible uh, that I mean because most people have trouble transitioning to keto from kind of grains and starches and sugars yeah. you went right to fasting yeah. and so it's just, that's just it's fa I'm dumbfounded I've never heard somebody that did that so <laughs> your unique flower I was over-motivated. I think it was the willpower. It was, it was like, it's like this light bulb struck me and it was like, I'm not letting go and I'm going to push through and I can do it because all the pain that I lived, I mean, it's, it's a hard uh, disease. Endometriitis is, is, it's not easy to live with. You, you, you're, you're in pain constant 24 seven and you live with this pain. And I said, if I can live with that pain, I can live with another kind of pain. So I just, yeah, I pushed through. And I'm, I'm proud of myself because now I'm, I'm up to 70 pounds lost. Woo -woo. Congratulations. So I'll ask you the same question I asked Greg. What was the hardest part of this journey? I mean, you went fasting right away. I'm like, <laughs> she, there's no hard part for her. But surely there was some part that kind of gave you pause that you're like, uh, I don't know about this. I think it was the actual eating keto because we were so brainwashed. I mean, from the time I was nine years old, I was on a diet and it was the transition from eating high fat to, to low carb was like, it was, it was hard because my body was not adjusted to it. And I just trying to up my fat and, ugh, and it got all weird on me. And, and then it was trying to like, like, was it the fear of fat? That was yes. that? Well, it was, I think it's a, a mental, physical, like emotional combination of everything. And it was talking to my family who is very high carb, low fat. And it was just like saying, well, this is what I'm going to do. And because my mom had read the Dr. Jason Fung book. I love your mom, by the way. She's awesome. You. She is really awesome because she started doing uh, low carb and uh, she uh, she's very encouraging and she jumps in with everything that she she's really encouraging. She she loves me so much. My parents love me. And she said, you want to go to Keto Fest? She's like, let's go. Boom. Boom. Yeah, and I'm here. So thank you. So let's go back. Let's go back to Canada for a second because there's some good things happening in the midst of keto not grabbing onto the mainstream, but some of the dietary guidelines changes that have happened up there, I don't think a lot of Americans realize there's like restrictions on sugar now, like better than probably most of the rest of the world. Do you want to tell them about that? Well, I haven't really caught up with what they're doing, but I know there's a, they're trying to be more, yeah, more, they cut off on sugar. I think the doctors too are trying to like, they're getting a sense of like how it's, uh, how the sugar is affecting the glucose in your body and your liver. And it, I mean, it was a shock to be diagnosed with a fatty liver. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm 34. So, and I said, oh my God, I eat low fat. Like what the hell can I do now? You know, like not eat and then, Yes, obviously you can fast, but 
Yeah. She, she, she took that as a challenge. Yes, I did take that as a challenge, but it was, it was said, okay, so can I reverse this? And, and nobody was able to help me. So, yeah. and then I, for the rest, I, I, to tell you the truth, I don't know because I, I kind of shut them out and I yeah. said, I'm doing my own research. And now when I go into the doctor, I come in with my list of things that I want and I'm, I'm the boss of me now. So nobody's going to tell me what I and, and now I love you. You are what I like to describe as an empowered patient because too many of us have relied on our doctors to be the be all end all of what we believe about health and whether we're healthy or not. Yeah. And we believe our doctors when they say cut the fat to lower your cholesterol so you don't get heart disease. But I see a new trend and it's you. It's exactly what you've done, what I've done, what so many people in the audience here have done, people listening on the show today. We've all grabbed back the bull by the horns and we're like, we're not gonna take it. And we're gonna, and if you're a certain age, you know what that is. So <laughs> if you're not, I'm sorry, millennials. So, um, so yeah, so I, I think that is really cool that you kind of decided on your own, okay, I wanna do something because I have to do something. And you're at the age where it's a good time to do it so that you stave off all that inevitability that would have happened down the road, right? Yeah, and it was also the shock of like, when you go to the doctors, I was scared of going to the doctors because, you know, they tell you you're fat and duh, you know, you know, like- you Thank you, Captain Obvious. Exactly, and then they're telling you, well, lose weight. And then I say, well, what can I do to lose weight? And they're like, well, they don't know. And then they, but they, they fat shame you and they tell you, you know, it's, it's, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. But like, listen, I listen to your guidelines. I'm disciplined in what I eat. Like, why can't I follow? Oh, you're, because you, you don't have the mental capabilities and then they fat shame you so much. And I said, you know what? That's the last time I've had enough. And I do, I do my research now. I try to get the most out of everything. And then I go and I ask questions and I try to have a circle of people that, have the capacity to help me. And, uh, and then the rest, I'll go to the doctor and say, listen, I need so-and-so and can, mm -hmm. can you give me that? And I think it actually shocked him to, to be- That you were educated. That I was educated. And not only was I educated, and I told him, I said, I'm not stupid. You can talk to me and tell me what's wrong. And I think it, it kind of was like a, a, a little wake-up call. Yeah, it was like a little wake-up call and say, oh, okay, she's not just a fat blob, you know. She does have a heart and she has the emotions. So after that, we kind of had like this stable relationship where I come in and I, I come in with my little black book and I tell them I have like my sets of questions and I have like all the things that I want done. So I think he, for the first time in my life, I'm taken seriously at the doctor. You know, a good doctor will love a patient like her. A bad doctor will hate you. And so that's your clue. If you do all those things and you take control of your own health and you run all of your own labs, you do a ketone meter and a blood yeah. glucose meter and all the stuff that all of us probably do, and you go to your doctor and they're like, meh, then that's a doctor, you're fired. You know, we don't need that in our lives. And so good for you. I, I, th I think what you've done is a living example of perseverance. And I, I, I love your story. And thank you for sharing it here today on the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So how do we find you online? Uh, I, uh, well, I'm on Instagram, KetoLove699. And uh, I'm not so much on Facebook because I think Facebook, uh, I've, I've seen too many horror stories that are going on. And I just, I, I love Instagram because it's nice pictures and people posting their foods and keto foods. And it's very encouraging communities. So I stick to Instagram now, but 
that's where you can find me. And the video feature, are you gonna do any videos? Uh, videos. <laughs> Uh-oh, uh-oh, I think I opened the can of worms. So thank you very much. You're welcome, thank you. <laughs> All right. I want some pizza, I'm just in the mood. So I check the website, real good foods. But I'm trying to eat healthy, trust. No flour, it's 11 inch cauliflower crust. Low carb, high fat, and plenty protein. Grain and gluten free, everything that you need. Made in four flavors, ooh wee. Uncured pepperoni, margarita, veggie, or cheese. If low carb pizza is what you want, you need to check realgoodfoods.com. Taste is amazing, oh yeah, it's the bomb. You need to check realgoodfoods.com. Free shipping online and in Kroger stores across the U.S. Realgoodfoods.com. Woo! Are you looking for a quick keto meal that has not just a little bit of protein in it, but also all the electrolytes, vitamins, protein, fat, and more that will meet one-third of your daily needs? Then let me introduce you to Keto Chow. It's a quick and easy-to-mix shake that is designed to give you a complete ketogenic meal. You're able to customize the calories because you decide how much fat to add. Most people mix it with heavy whipping cream, but you can also use avocado oil, coconut cream, a little MCT oil, or any other fat of your choice. Keto Chow is designed specifically for people on the go to replace one to two meals in their day. It comes in eight flavors, including chocolate, vanilla, chocolate peanut butter, cookies and cream, strawberry, mocha, banana, and salted caramel in both individual meal samples as well as a large 21 meal bag. There's also a sample of all the things bundle that has one of each flavor plus a Keto Chow blender bottle to get you started. Head on over to JimmyLovesKetoChow.com and use the coupon code LLVLC to get 10% off of your first order. JimmyLovesKetoChow.com So those of you that just joined us in the audience, we, uh, we're doing a live podcast of the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show, and I'm featuring people in the audience, giving them their 10 minutes of fame. So the next gentleman, come on up. Tell us your name, where you're from. I'm Steve Stevenson, and I'm from Westford, Massachusetts. All right, so tell us uh, your keto story. How about we cut to the chase? Cut to the chase. Um, I have had high volume metastatic prostate cancer. Mm. It's been all up and down my uh, spine and I've had uh, chemo last uh, summer of 2016. Uh, four years before that I had external radiation therapy. Um, I started uh, low carb and moved to keto and by the time I was by the time I was uh, <laughs> um, taking my chemo, I was keto and uh, experienced no nausea. And at that time, we started doing PET scans, uh, PET bone scans, to see what the sites were doing. And uh, had one before chemo and after, and then every uh, three months since then. And the, the keto, I think, is what kept the sites stable. So I said, well, okay, keto's keeping them stable. Um, I was listening to Amber O'Hearn and others. Uh, and of course, there's something called zero carb. 
And I've heard of it. You've heard of that? <laughs> so I decided to go zero carb because that would drop my insulin to the lowest low. And insulin is a growth hormone and affects cancer. So my uh, last PET scan, the doctor showed me, uh, it was an axial PET scan. And so he started at the top of my head and, and went down looking at, at the slices. And uh, all of the sites were dark. Wow. So... Uh, I still got to clean up a lot of uh, ancillary damage from the chemotherapy and uh, that kind of stuff, but... But cancer-free. Cancer-free. <laughs> Thank you, and, and you, I mean, I'm looking at you right now. You look very healthy today, and you feel good. This is two years after this happened, um, and a lot of people in the keto community have the mistaken notion, though, that keto is the grand uh, uh, cure-all for all cancers, and it's certainly a word of warning that it's not. Um, but your cancer, in this case, obviously saw benefit from having the extra ketones and starving the cancer cells of the glucose. I think it was more the insulin. Um, zero carb does not raise insulin by eating protein. It's like you're in a fasted state, and when you add the protein... Fed fasting. Uh, well, let's say you're fasting, okay. okay, and you add protein to that. Uh, it doesn't raise your insulin because if it raised your insulin, it would cut off gluconeogenesis, and if it did that, you couldn't feed your red blood cells. So the body will not shut off gluconeogenesis, so it doesn't raise insulin when you eat meat. Fascinating. So, so here you are, a survivor, I'm assuming because of this miraculous thing that's happened in your life, you've told other people about it. What, what have the people around you that knew you went through this experience thought about all this? They say, great for you, Steve. Um, you found a solution for you. <laughs> And doctors, what, what are the oncologists saying? The oncologist says, it's remarkable. <laughs> and but keep doing what you're doing. But <laughs> nothing else. Well, yeah. actually, he did say once, uh, a long time ago, when I came up with something that I thought, I read uh, Christofferson's book. Uh, Travis Christofferson, yes. Yeah. Travis Christofferson. And he talked about a thing there called 3BP or something, I don't know, some chemical. And I asked my oncologist, could I do that? He says, well, no, uh, I can't do anything that's not standard of care because I'll lose my medical license. So he won't talk anything uh, that isn't standard of care. Well, and that's where we are in the medical system in today's age is doctors are fearful because they are scared of being sued if they go outside the standard of care. We see it in lipid management all the time. How many of you have been prescribed a statin medication because your total cholesterol was over 200? Yeah, all of us that have had high cholesterol have, but it's because it's the standard of care. And so, you know, that's something that I think needs to be discussed as we continue down this journey of it's more than just medication to get healthy. I think food as medicine is becoming a trend, but we're going to have to break up that standard of care. Yes, I agree. Um, I went off statins. Um, and I ha I'm a, a hyper responder, according to uh, Dave's, Dave Feldman. Feldman yeah. um, and so my LDL is really high. It's in the 200s. Um, so... Mine is too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people on keto are going to be uh, hyper-responders. Um, so, 
So but I, low triglycerides. Yes, low, low triglycerides, right. absolutely. Um, so I've gone off all medication, period, and feel great. And you're how old? I'm 76. 76, no medication. Oh, by the way, I did cure diabetes along the way, too. Nice. I want to be you when I grow up, brother. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing your story. Can people find you online somehow? Uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, SKS23CU. Nenu, Nenu. Okay, so SKS2... SKS23CU. Okay, got it. As in the letters, CU. The, yeah, CU. <laughs> thank you, buddy. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go to her next because we've been doing boy, girl, boy, girl. So let's go to the girl. And you are your name and where are you from? My name is Dawn and I'm from Virginia. Virginia, my old stomping grounds. I used to live in Virginia Beach a yes. long time ago. So what's your keto story? Well, I think originally it started with, um, I was really struggling at work with my concentration and my I had foggy brain and I had been through weight loss surgery and had to have that removed. And then I um, was diagnosed as pre-diabetic and I just, it was, I was infuriated by that. Like, no. Um, so she had put me on appetite suppressants and all kinds of things. And the I, the doctor and, um, and that was fine. I mean, you know, whatever, but I still was struggling with my, my cravings and, I just felt really out of control with it, and it just seemed like I was, it was never going to stop. And, um, and I had, a couple years before, I had really seen that I felt better when I didn't eat carbs, or not carbs, but I, when I didn't eat sugar. And so I had stopped eating sugar for a period of time, but of course went back on it because I was still eating a lot of bread and crackers and everything else. Um, and so then one morning I saw a news a lady on the news and she was talking about keto. And so then immediately, I mean, it, I couldn't get enough. I've been like just reading and all the, all the podcasts. What was your initial thought when you heard keto? Does it sound like a space alien or something? No, I mean, I, I thought it was brilliant. It I, no, I had never heard of it before, but it made sense. Like, it, I, I didn't care. I didn't get the word. Like, I didn't, that didn't mean anything to me. But when I listened to her description yeah. of using the fats instead of the carbs, it yeah. just it made so much, because yeah. that's what's missing here. The low, because I was eating low fat and trying not to eat sugar and carbs, and it wasn't working. And by adding the fat, it just really seemed to make sense. Like, of course, I'm, my body is needing and wanting something and this will answer it. And it has, it's been very, it's been a good journey. Did you have an aversion to fat? Cause I think this is the final hurdle for keto to become fully mainstream is people no longer fearing fat. And so how did you wrap your head around that to get from your low fat days other than, oh my God, that failed a million times um, to now embracing fat as fuel? Um, I think I had started after watching that lady, I read, um, Gary Taub's, um, why, why do, we, yeah, and that it, he laid it out beautifully to where I was kind of evangelizing to everyone about, duh, you guys get this, like, it makes sense. Right. So for me, I, I mean, I still, I had to get over like 
cooking everything and bacon fat and all this grease being in the pan and like, oh my gosh, that seems crazy. But Did it feel weird? It felt weird, you <laughs> know. Did it feel weird? Yeah, it yeah. felt weird. And all of us. Um, so I have my little jar of fat that I don't, you know, I'm like, uh, you know. But generally, I mean, I'm, I'm good with it like because it, it feels better. I definitely can see the difference right. in myself. So gradually, for me, the struggle has been with my family because I have two kids and a husband. And my husband is kind of like, you're doing another thing that you do. Like, this is what you do. You go on diets and you get obsessed with it. And so this will pass. And, you know, so he has been much slower to kind of jump on with me. But and then I've been very conscientious because I've started to do some fasting and I have a 16 year old daughter and I worry like I don't want her to think that I have an eating disorder and I don't want her to get an eating because she's a control freak. So she could get in. I mean, she's kind of so I'm like scared of that. But so far, we've just kind of talked through it and they've watched why I like I talk about why am I fasting today and how long am I fasting and how am I feeling and what, you know, my salt, my water. And now they all drink salty water, too, which is fun. So, yeah. So and your story is a good one because I dealt with the same thing when I first went keto and low carb and became an evangelist for it. Uh, And we'd go see my wife, Christine's family, and uh, her family's Italian. So you know what's coming next. They were pushing like food on us every five minutes that we were there. No, we're good. We're not hungry. Oh, but it's, it's, it's time to eat. Well, we're we're not hungry. And so it, it took a while. Now, all of that family is coming to both me and Christine how do you do this keto thing? So I think you live by example and you're, you're showing that right now that even though the husband is pushing back and you're worried about the kids, at some point they're gonna come to you because you got the answer. Yes, exactly. And I find it too in, my, in the rest of my world, I struggle listening. I mean, it's shocking how much people talk about their pain and their illnesses and their diseases and just in conversation. And it is all I can do not to just come on, just keto. Like it's just do that. You would feel so much better, but people don't want to hear that. They seem to be very comfortable with that line of conversation and and the problems rather than the solutions. So I struggle with that. And like you're saying, my response now has been, I'm just going to do me. I'm not going to be distracted by, because what used to happen is I would get distracted by other people and it would make me, it would derail me and what I'm trying to do. So now I just focus on me doing what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and other people can see for themselves. And, and then, and like you said, eventually more and more people, I hope will kind of consider what I'm doing. Well, and here's the thing that I've loved seeing happen as well is it's not just about, oh, you had a great weight loss success story. You look perfect now. Therefore, you have all the answers. I think people, even in the midst of their journey, even though they may not be at the weight they want to be, their health is so good. And you can see it. I'm looking at it in your eyes right now. You're vibrant. You're energetic. You've got a a spice for life. And I think that's attractive to people. And that alone could be something that would make them want to know more about what you're doing. Absolutely. That's what, that's what I hope for. Cause I feel great. And I, and, and like you said, it's not done. Like I'm working on it and I, and I struggle. There are days. Can I be honest? Nobody's done in this right. room. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not even Dr. Ken Berry who just walked in back there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not done. And, and I think part of it is knowing that and, and knowing that this really is a lifestyle. Cause when people ask me, how long have you been doing 
doing this. It's hard for me to say that because it's been up and down and it's been in and out and it's been, and it, it also feels like so long ago that I did anything other than what I'm doing. So it's just, it's my life, you know, it's part of my life, you know, and so it's, it's a good thing. So I think it's just ex- accepting that this is my new me, like this is my new way of being me and I'm, I'm happy with that. And the thing I remind people often of is, look how far you've come. I mean, people often criticize me online. Do you imagine that? Um, And they say, well, you still have weight on your body, so therefore how can you say keto worked? I'm like, I was on three prescription medications. I haven't taken any drugs since. I have incredible health markers that, but for keto, I wouldn't be here. Uh, My brother Kevin died at the age of 41 I would be dead today. I honestly believe that. And so reminding people of the journey that you've taken to get where you are right now, look at all that behind you and go, oh my gosh, look how far I've come. And you still have road ahead of you that you can even get better. So it's kind of an encouragement, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. And what you said has been important in terms of setting goals for myself. They may not be the same goals that somebody else would set, but I do have things that I'm working towards because I've seen progress in those places. And and the thing that has been the best to me is all the things, all these years that I've kind of known a little bit, like had in the back of my mind that I doubted and questioned because this is what they say on the news. This is what it says in the journals. This is, and I, it's all coming together. Like all the things that I knew, I knew that sugar hurt me. I knew that it was messing with my thinking. I knew that no matter how much I, ex- I mean, I've done walks and runs and all kinds of things. And I actually would gain weight yeah. doing that instead of losing weight. So all these things that I knew, and now it's finally coming to center. Like it makes sense. And so it's just, it's been really wonderful going forward. Like knowing, I know what to do. I need to trust myself. It's what you were saying about trusting yourself and being in charge of your own body and just set your own, screw everybody else and what they're saying, do you and do it well, you know? So what, what everybody wants to know now is when are you coming out with your podcast? <laughs> Because you are amazingly articulate and I love your vibe. You, you got a really great vibe. How do people find you online? Um, I mean, I'm on Facebook, um, Dawn Lovelace Clemen. I'm, but other than that, I don't, I don't do much else with Facebook. I mean, with the internet. All right, Jimmy Moore is going to edify you today. You need to do more okay. because you have an amazing story. And, and like I said, very eloquent. So thank you for being here today. And if you're just joining us, we have uh, been talking at Keto Fest. We're live. Hi, guys. And so we're live here doing a live podcast. And what I thought I would do is give people like 10 minutes of fame on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. And we've had four amazing stories and we have one more to share with you before we get off the air here today. Sir, what's your name? Where are you from? Uh, My name is Jeff Halverson and I'm from Boston, Cambridge area. He's from Boston where they park the car, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So actually, I started a meetup called uh, Fasting Solutions. So you can find it at fastingsolutions at meetup.com. And also there's the Boston, uh, Greater Boston Keto uh, uh, meetup also. So yeah, it's it's important stuff to actually have that community. So it's nice to have have us doing this. It's really great. So tell us your fasting and keto journey, because I'm looking at you now. You're extremely thin. um, And so have you always been that way? What was your, what's your story? Well, I, I, it's hard for me to kind of self-judge, but I, I would say that I had a bit of a belly. So I've always been kind of skinny, 
but at the same time I had a belly. And I think that that actually might be metabolically kind of harmful, like because if right away you're just getting body fat right, you know, in your organs, then there could be something pretty bad going on. And, I, and honestly, I didn't feel very good, I would say, oh, like five, six years ago. I, was, I had massive allergies and I was just kind of like in a different place. Um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm doing way better now. So Well, and the funny thing, and I, I'm glad that, that you shared your story about you just had a little belly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a little belly. Um, because a lot of people see their thinness as a protective measure for their health yeah. when they have a, quote, little belly. And so they don't think much about doing something about that. So what made the light come on for you that, oh, my gosh, I got to do something rather than, hey, I'm relatively healthy. I, got, I, don't, I'm, I don't have a lot of weight on my body. So, so I'm actually a, a physical therapist and skilled nursing. And, and frankly, I was in a state of denial. Like if you had asked me, like, are you in bad shape a few years ago? I'd have been like, no, I'm, a, I'm actually an exerciser. I help other people exercise. I do all kinds of stuff. But the, the thing is that I would climb a mountain and have like two or three Gatorades. And then I would co- go home and I would have like massive allergy attacks. You know, so there's something going on. I, I, I'm guessing I was actually pre-diabetic and not even realizing it. Um, because I'd have a lot of injuries. I've had like carpal tunnel syndrome kind of things in the past. So I think that some people like, look, well, they're, 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 they're thinking about diabetes or pre-diabetes when they're thinking about this community. But I think it's way across the board. Like a lot of different health things are being involved, including people's psychological state and so on. And um, I'm, I'm actually very, from a scientific area. I'm from the Harvard area. So I keep on like looking at these little journals, like you just open up some little medical journal or whatever, and you're seeing blah, blah, blah. And as it turns out, well, if you just brought your insulin down, that would probably fix about 50%. But the, the science is just completely screwed up right now. And I feel very much like it's part of our thing to kind of like be very objective, not overblow things, but at the same time, just realize that there's a huge, it's almost a conspiracy, although I don't think they do it on purpose, right? But there is a kind of cover up going on. And some of it is around the Harvard area where they, they, some of it has to do with the, um, you know, the sugar companies probably giving a lot of money to the research, that kind of thing. Well, and Walter Willett and Frank Hugh frustrate me. Uh, And they're the Harvard researchers that do a lot of the stuff that pushes nutritional health research in America. And, And yeah, they can't get on board with the insulin connection. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, I, when I, I saw a conversation with Gary Tobbs and was it one of those guys recently? And he, they, there was this back and forth, but basically what they think is that the sugar or the whatever high calories turns into fat and then the fat goes into the liver. And then it's that fatty liver that causes all the problems, but they're not seeing really the insulin right from the start. Like they're, they're, they're kind of mixing up something along the way and they're basically still bringing it back to this idea that's really all about the calories. Now, I do think calories make some difference, but I don't think it's, I think that they're confusing things right from the very beginning and they're, they're basically blaming fat when it's really a, more of a hormonal thing. And is the blaming fat simply a cardiovascular risk concern or is it a too many calories concern? What do you think the, the hangup is that they hold so true to that belief? 
I just think it's very linear thinking. It, it's basically like there's a philosophic scientific question that's going on. Are you going to follow linear thinking or are you actually going to look into the complexity of how hormones and the whole evolution of our species works in terms of our, our hormonal state? Um, you know, if let's say, let's say I, um, we're not even talking about low carb or whatever. Let's say we're talking about alcoholism. When I become an alcoholic, I change myself hormonally, right? Like my brain lights up different because of the hormonal state of my brain, right? How the different uh, cells actually function. And you're going to actually have to break with that hormonal thing. And that's why I think people kind of keep on going back and forth. Myself, I mean... I've, I've learned a lot from Dr. Lustig, his recent thing, Hacking the American Mind, where I think that uh, the corporations actually know that people are being addicted to these right. various things and they keep on pushing it. So that's, yeah, that's the, the challenge we're facing is that there's these two different ways, two different paradigms of how to look at this. And one of them is fundamentally hormonal. I'm not saying that there's nothing to do with uh, calories. Calories do make a difference, but fundamentally it's about hormones. And then, so if you look at it from that standpoint, you're just gonna be in a much more scientific state. And that's what people need to do. They need to be objective. They need to see the complexity of things. And at the same time, sometimes there is a little simplicity, which is that insulin is huge. It's a just massively important hormone. So, so why'd you start your meetup group? Well, I just wanted, I wanted more community. Uh, I wanted it to be like a bunch of people around the Harvard area getting together and beginning to wage that battle and also helping themselves too, personally. Would it freak you out if Will it showed up? Wow, I'd be, I'd be honored, honestly. I mean, look, I have respect for people who are saying something very differently than yes, me, but exactly. yeah. So how can people find you online? Uh, so just go to uh, meetup.com in the Boston area and it's called Fasting Solutions. Fasting Solutions at meetup.com. Thank you very much. So guys, one thing I've learned today doing this live podcast is there's a whole lot of articulate people in this community. And I will only encourage the people in the audience and, and even people listening on the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show right now, if you have a gift, use it. You have a voice. You have a voice, you have a voice, you have a voice. Everybody in here, you have a voice. Even Dr. Ken Berry has a voice, barely. Um, and so use it if you're good on camera, do videos. If you're good in, in talking a little bit like this, like Jimmy Moore, then do that. If you like writing, use that. So use those gifts. And that's what I've learned here today from all of you sharing your wonderful stories. Thank you for doing that, by the way. This has been the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. And until next time, we'll see you then. Uh, Living La Vida Low Carb, this show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up them avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore. The longest running health podcast hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey, the Living Low Carb Show. Disc of Light.